welcome to another episode of Design Recharge. This is I'm your host Diane Gibbs, and I am excited to have my friend Lisa Quine on the show. Lisa has had a lot of changes since the last time we talked to her. She was working part time at American Greetings, doing illustration and lettering, and doing half time or part time murals, and then she just went full time murals, and now she's even diversified her. Um, all her money buckets. She's trying to diversify as we all are so that everything's not coming from one, one bucket so that if something happens, we don't have it all. Cause I think it, we talked about this a little bit. And then at the very end of our last time, <laughs> we found out this gym that Lisa was so um, analytical about her uh, Instagram. And it was so fitting. Last week we had Adam Grayson on who was super honest. If you haven't listened to that episode, um, check it out. Uh, it is an amazing episode. So I hope you guys will check that out. Anyway, Lisa um, is going to tell us, kind of take us behind the scenes. A lot of times it feels like Oz. She doesn't have a, um, a business account, right? You're so right, right. done some of these and we're going to give you some of the spoiler. This is, you can hang up now, but it's really, she's just nice. Okay. She's one of the nicest people I've ever known. And she's also nice online. So if you had a question or you have something that you want to know, <laughs> Carla says, okay, I'm gone. <laughs> That's your cheat code people. Uh, but she's going to kind of dig in to some other things that she's done that I actually absolutely love. And it's really helped her grow. She, I checked yesterday. It was like 33,000 followers. So you have definitely tapped into something that I think, um, not that it's a cheat code. I think it takes a lot of work and I think that you give a lot of work to do this. So thank you. Thank you for being on the show today. Yes. I'm so excited to be here again and chat with you and give away all my secrets slash take it with a grain of salt because I don't know what I'm doing still. I just like testing things out. <laughs> Hey, and your mom just threw you under the bus and said it was your birthday on Friday. Woohoo! Oh, okay. Hey, my <laughs> well, birthday. Was, right, yeah, so we are like a week apart, almost a week and a day, and and a whole bunch of years. But happy early birthday! And Paige says happy early birthday too. Oh, uh, thanks. So <laughs> some, this is an early gift. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it was a late gift. Me talking to you last week, but I loved it because you really you have a ton of energy. You're really authentic. You are really this nice, and I think you're this nice to everybody. And somebody who went to Crop, because you were one of the workshop leaders at Crop, said that you were the highlight of that conference for them. Oh, my gosh. Had never been. Doesn't that make you feel good? Uh, yes. I mean, it should make your mom feel good, too, right? Like, you've raised such a great kid. and This is all for my mom. <laughs> But it really is amazing that somebody was like, she took the time, she, her energy, her enthusiasm, passion, and that you are so approachable that you were really the highlight of that for them. And and I just think you, you got to just take it and take that flag. Well, I appreciate that. And the, the way I try to look at it is, um, I mean, my first conference was in 2016 like first conference ever. It was weapons of mass creation in Cleveland. So it's not too far from home. And I just remember being so starstruck by all the speakers, every, like everyone even going to the conference. I was like, everyone's so talented and so far like in their career, or it just seemed like that to me. I'm like this newbie 
on the scene. And I never left that feeling. Like every conference I go to, I'm still starstruck by the speakers and stuff. And I try to like keep that in mind when I'm teaching a workshop and stuff. Like I was just in that person's position not too long ago. I still consider myself somewhat in that position too. So it's, it's a humbling experience. And I try to keep that in mind. You know, we're all here to learn and have fun. And you also, one thing I love about you is that you take the time and that everybody matters. I think that like, I was like, Hey, maybe we could eat lunch. And you're like, yeah. And you just invited me with your friends and I ate lunch and I totally like totally interviewed you during lunch. I totally took over the conversation, but it was fantastic. And I think your friends didn't even maybe know all those things. And I mean, it wasn't like it was just me and you, we were also talked to them too. But, yeah, but, I, yeah. but I think that that's one of, that's a gift for you that you really do value everyone and you, you know that you can learn something from people too. And I think that that's a super right. power for you for sure. Oh, it's just people using people. <laughs> okay. But it's not that, right? Okay. So, <laughs> right. Using in a, in a, in a good learning way, not like a use and abuse, right? <laughs> right, right? So one of the things that I think is where, what we can do is track progress, but a lot of times we end up putting like last week, Adam really put um, a lot. And I was so thankful for Adam sharing last week, but he really shared how he kind of had so much value, put so much value in, in getting enough likes or, or posing something and, and getting this, but it really not, doesn't necessarily driving business. And he, you know, he, I think so a lot of times we have this really inappropriate relationship with social media. And this is where I think you've really had a really good relationship with it. You actually use it like a marketing tool, I think, right? <laughs> yes. I mean, it, it changes almost every day. Um, right now I'd like to use it as well, a marketing tool a little bit, but more of a way to connect with people around the world. Like I talk to people from France. I talk to people from South America, just places I've never been to. And I just love that about mm. social media, just connecting with people, learning from them, even though they're so far, but like a message is less than mm. a second. And I think that's really cool. It's, like, it's just a great way to connect to people. But as a marketing tool, I, I have, don't get a lot of work through Instagram, but I think it helps when clients go to my page and see that I do have a lot of followers and a lot of engagement. And I think it weirdly makes them feel a little better about hiring me for a project. It's like a credibility, accountability, credibility. Yeah. So one of the things I also love is that you kind of were such a nice way of saying, no, it's not really only a tool, right? It's not like it's just a hammer. Like I'm building right. someone's house, right? And so, so it's, um, but you're really making relationships. So this is just a tool to make, to, to not necessarily reach more people that you get something, but reach people so that you, they can, you can learn from them just as much as they are learning from you. And I think that that's a really... Right huge mindset. And we talked about this and this is something that kind of got my panties in a wad at Creative South. I walked up to some friends of mine and they were like, yeah, you know, I only try to like three of somebody's posts. And I'm like, what? And they were like, yeah, I don't want to act like a stalker or anything. I was like, if I liked more than three or post at once, you'd think I was a stalker. And they were like, no, no. I was like, well, really? <laughs> Brian says he was in this conversation. Yes. <laughs> and so, but I really do. I think I'm like, is you really think that? And they were like, no, I really feel like it, they would really like, they really like my work. And I was like, well, then why do you, why? I think it's like, um, hoarding joy from somebody else, you know, because it's really a yeah. way to, 
to just lift people up. So you and I, I asked you, cause I was just like testing this theory. I'm like, dude, mm-hmm. every, I don't do this. And I'm like, man, am I in the, you know, I'm not doing something else. Right. Right. But you were, when I asked you that question, if you ever hold back on your number of likes, do you do that ever? <laughs> no, just today, actually, um, someone messaged me and I remember following her work, but because of the algorithm, I guess I didn't like enough of her photos in order to bump, boost her up in my like feed. So I went to her page. I liked like 20 photos, found some stuff that I like definitely missed on for the past couple of weeks. And I messaged her saying like, Hey, like I gave you a bunch of likes because I want you back in my feed essentially. And she was totally cool with it. But I mean, you just got to put yourself in the other person's shoes. Like, wouldn't you like all those likes? Right. I don't know. And especially when commenting, like when I'm sometimes when I don't feel like typing out a comment or I, I think, I think something like, Oh, that's great. And I just like continue scrolling. I'm like, wait a minute. Like, that person would appreciate the comment, right? And if they don't, I they're not human. But I, I just try to like speak up when I can. Yeah, I usually don't do it in person, but I can on social media. It feels more comfortable. And so it's it's something that's reachable. You can do it when it's your time, right? You don't have to like mm-hmm. schedule. It doesn't have to be like right then, right now, which it would be if it was in person. So there's some beauty to social media in that in that way. So. Mm-hmm. Um, before we dive super into this, so you've had some pivots, um, mm-hmm. you shifting from lettering only kind of as a side hustle because you were working a full-time job and then full-time murals and then American Greetings came in and said, hey, how about working part-time for us? So with all these pivots, so sometimes when we shift from doing certain things, our feed, because our audience changes. So how have you maintained your audience? I know I didn't word it exactly but with all these pivots how how has the activity on your social media changed um and I'm, I'm trying to think i don't really pay attention to like mm. that i think that's a good thing though maybe that right. you're not that <laughs> anal about it you're just there oh yeah it. some people like i'm thinking of scotty from perspective collective i think he does the black and white every other post thing and it looks amazing when you go to his feed there's like a whole pattern there and this is very common across the board i don't really pay attention to that pattern because i am not going to people's profiles that often i'm just assuming not everyone does that either so i'll just focus on the post solely versus what it looks like on the feed too um but like I've been working a lot with murals and the only thing that's really changed over the past year is just really that I'm trying to up the time-lapse videos because videos give a lot more weight to the algorithm and stuff. So I've been playing around with time-lapse videos, which is something like I usually didn't do because it drains the battery. You need to set up a tripod and everything. It's me being lazy. I'm lazy about the weirdest things like that. I I can paint a mural, but I can't set up time-lapse. So I'm working on that. So, and it paid off. I guess it absolutely has. So one of the things with you doing murals, so sometimes it's like, oh, well, you know, I don't do murals. So then did you ever see or or notice that you were getting more? I mean, I actually feel like your feed is you have sketches, you have murals, you have, uh, you know, the iPad. It's not, and it's lettering or whatever. It's not just you're not just mural, 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 and in product, in product. So I actually think that that may not be something that you're 
thinking about doing, but it's just natural. Um, is and another thing I know you do is that you'll post old work, right? If it's been uh-huh. really far down in your feed. Mm-hmm. So, um, <laughs> Carla said, I'm, I'm now he's, <laughs> yeah, he's really gone. If lazy. Okay. So, but one of the things I think that you feel really important, it's really important is to comment back on those people who do comment on you and it's, or, or comment on other people's work that you like that aren't even on your, they're, they're not commenting on your, it's not just a quid pro quo. They commented on mine. I'm commenting on theirs. You actually go out and you try to spread the love, right? Right. Right. Cause it does come back around, you know, um, even, uh, today when good type posted that I was the curator, so many people commented and all the people commenting were people that I have left comments on before, or I've responded to them on my own feed and stuff. So it definitely was just like a visualization of like all that good karma coming back around. And I super appreciate it. Like if um, I'm not on social media, say I go on vacation or I'm traveling and I'm not looking at the feed, I'll come back from that, know that I've missed out and try to like play catch up a little bit too. And just like go comment crazy. So Dylan, who's also an amazing artist and uh, muralist, he said, Lisa, you're such a gracious Instagram commenter. And he said, when do you sleep? So I'm just jumping ahead. So how much time do you spend a week? What's up, Dylan? Sorry. (laughs) I know he is. Just like you there. You're both amazing. So how much time do you spend doing this? Because this is relationship building. It's, um, it's just your brand. This is, this is, you are just really nice and you are such a giver of, um, positivity, I think. So what do you, you say, Hey, Tuesday, I always do it from 10 to 11 or, or is it just random? And like when you go to the bathroom or you're taking your dog for a walk or whatever, you know, you're, do you have a, um, I wish there was a rhyme or reason. I think, um, I'm a little addicted to Instagram to, be honest. Um, I'm looking at it a lot and I don't turn off the notifications. So if I see someone I know commenting, I'm like, Oh, like, I love that person. I need to comment right away. But like, I, I'm sure we might cover this later, but I'm trying to write a book right now and it's super hard, especially today. Um, so I'll try to like put, put my phone face down and then get a few paragraphs in and then reward myself by hopping back on the phone because honestly I like it I like being like Instagram crazy so how how but a lot of the work that you do is very detailed and big like when you're doing a a big mural or when you're even working on the the prep for the mural or you're writing you know that's a different kind of mind so I feel like some sometimes we get out of like can you just jump from one thing to the other really easily um yeah, I, you got to find that flow. And I am never on my phone when I'm working on a mural pretty much because that is definitely a zone. I mean, you're looking at a wall, so you definitely just zone out and lose track of all time. So that's something totally different in itself. But if I am working on a piece on my iPad where things tend to pop up, you got to yeah. turn off those notifications. So I will do airplay on my iPad. Um but you know, I get I get tired really easily too. And when you're doing detail stuff or things or tasks that take for a while, my mind gets crazy. I'm like, okay, well, well what's going on Instagram right now? <laughs> so I'll take little breaks here and there, and I will jump back in, get in the flow after that. But uh, yeah, I 
for right now, it's easy to jump in and out of stuff. And I think that might be that that might be going back to my advertising background when I had to be like that. So, but we're talking like you're working 15 minutes, then you take a break, or you're working an hour and you take a break. Yes, to both. <laughs> I have no self control whatsoever. So, if I'm really, really, really into something, yes, it'll be an hour. If I'm like, okay, just get this border done, this detailed border done, and then maybe take a little break. So small goals, right? So yeah. you're interacting and you're using this as a, a goal reward. It's not um, yes. because you're connecting with other people. And are, so are, do you think you're an introvert or an extrovert? I actually took the Myers-Briggs and I was straight down the middle for all of it. Oh, wow. Okay. I, I mean, I, I was certain letters, but it was just like, it wasn't like, you're really this letter and really that letter. It was just right down the middle. So yes to both again. Sorry. <laughs> All right. So, so I, I like that. That's maybe one of the things that we, so people who are on one side can mm-hmm. really say, okay, well, this is something she does as a reward. Um, maybe you don't do that as a reward. You do that. You, it's more of a pain point, but I think once you start <laughs> your friends start responding or you start making friends, then, then it doesn't, it is seen more like a reward. So Maybe it's about having small goals, get the border done, get the letter S done, get the whatever. And then you're able to kind of like, you're able to really use it because you've had such a great amount of steady uh, growth in Instagram specifically, I think. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to keep track. It's been, I think, three years. So 20 let's say 2019, I think is when I hit 30,000, but 2018, 20,000, and the year before that, I think 10,000. So but what has really helped me, I know, I remember when I hit 10,000, because that was like, oh my God, I made it. And I was actually at Creative South. Um, I did ink wars, totally bombed my board. <laughs> like the, the theme and where I ended up were two definitely like separate universes, but I posted it, tagged Creative South, and I think because everyone was like on Instagram looking at that tag and the location, it generated a lot of um, um, what's the word? Follower or uh, it, uh, hits? I don't it, know. There was a lot of eyes on it. Um, oh, yeah. engagement. There we go, engagement. And that's when I hit ten thousand. I'm like, wow, my failure of a board actually resulted in great engagement. So we're good here. But um, way to positive spin that one. <laughs> right, right. I'm like, so, oh, it wasn't all for nothing. <laughs> right. I, I love that. But you are really that positive. So what about how, how do you think has just being nice? And, and I know this has paid off in Cleveland for the work you do. How, how do you think, because I think sometimes people, it's harder because they're not maybe on that line. They're more introverted than extroverted. And so it really feels like stepping out and, so what would you tell somebody? And it's not that these people aren't nice regularly. Maybe it's easier to be nice on social media, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. what would you tell, how do you think this has helped your business or helped you as a business um, in talking about your work when you are talking about other people and, and, and being encouraging and a cheerleader for other people? Do you think it has affected your business at all? Uh, yes. <laughs> I'm so, I love this question so much. Yeah. I, I mean, maybe age is a part of it too. I'm 28 and I don't like, 
I think it comes down to confidence. I was, I grew up with someone with zero confidence, um, especially in sports. I, I played a bunch of sports. I was never really aggressive. Only when someone took the ball away from me would I go after them. So I, it was more like a timid kind of person. And I think that's where my niceness came in too. Like the, the golden rule is something I've always lived by. Do unto others as you have them do unto you. And it has worked for me. And I don't know, just like when it comes to clients and interacting with people, I just try to put myself in their shoes too. Mm. And that's always been big. I think that, that helped me in advertising too, when clients were terrible people, you didn't have to stoop down to their level, you know, just put on your game face and be nice because they might come back around. I know when I was was experiencing difficult clients um, for a mural, I thought the project was going a little south, but, and I kind of stood my ground on an issue and it worked. Like I was very nice about it and they hired me for two more murals. So it ended up working out So be nice because you never know like when it's going to come back around. So I also love that being confident. So being nice has helped your confidence, right? To some extent, right? Because now, um, <laughs> so, so yeah, you can get walked all over, but I think having, yeah. having kind of some good, clear boundaries has also helped you. You're able to, to feel like you're, um, heard from a client and seen as an expert, but then you're also able to be nice and you, you, they know that you are on their team. You're, you're trying to solve their problem. You're not just trying to put up whatever you want. You have an idea and you do know what's best. So they just need to kind of listen. So will you be 29 on Friday? Yeah. Okay. Yes, you're in my 20s. <laughs> oh, it's, it just keeps getting better, honey. You're, it's, you're going to be just like, you're going to just love every year. I promise. I'm ready to close the book on that decade and <laughs> march into 30. <laughs> That's great. Awesome. One more year. Yes. Um, so, but like what you were saying. Yeah. Um, my mind went blank. Confidence. That. So yeah. just connecting confidence. confidence and niceness. So there is, there is some, so I don't know if at 28, I would have had, I would have been able to say, Hey, I don't think this is what, or stand my ground maybe. So mm-hmm. what, how do you, how do you get to that point? And I think some of that probably has to do with that. Other people are saying, yeah, you know, Lisa, you do know what you're doing or they're asking you for opinions or advice, you know, that. Yeah, I, I feel like that specifically, you just kind of have to live and learn too. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that was one of the biggest things I've learned from going to these conferences. Like you start to hear some of the same messages over and over in the talks, but it really hits home when you start living through them too. Like going to a conference as a full-time employee and hearing about like people leaving their full-time jobs to start their own business. That was a common theme. I'm like, oh, I don't really connect to that too much. But then when it happened, I'm like... Yes, tell me everything. <laughs> so it's kind of like that when you have to stand your ground. Like you can read up on everything and all the information, what to do, what not to do. But until you like live it, experience it, then that really like sticks with you. Right. Um, so- but I again, always taking the high road has worked out for me. And if I do disagree, I'll ask a bunch of questions. I think questions are what helps me get away from being like, no, this is wrong. Like, why why do you think this? Like, what, why do you, why, why, why? Right. So, so it's kind of making sure that you understand what their goals are. Yes. Yes. I, I love that. All right. So 
I love this. You and I talked about this just a little bit. You may want to pull it up, I think. Um, so do you see any connection between your best performing post and your best work? Can you talk <laughs> about that? Um, the, okay. Okay. So let me share. I remember how to do this. Start <laughs> share and share this. Okay. So what's, oh, is that working? No, we don't see it yet. Oh, good. Um, share screen. <laughs> now we That's see. Why. Yes. Okay. okay. So this is my best performing post and it got 154 views. I don't even have that many followers. 154,000 for anybody who's listening. It's 154,923,000. So. And like for the first five seconds, I'm painting black stripes. I'm not lettering. I'm not doing anything crazy. I'm just painting black stripes with like details. And I have no, and I posted this on a Saturday. So I went against like everything that I knew and just kind of threw it up on Instagram and it got very popular. It's not even like, it's not as detailed as some of my work. It's very basic. And there's like this huge white gap throughout the whole thing that, I mean, a bulletin board is supposed to go through, but it's just like, I don't feel like it's my best work, but it fit what the client needed. And I don't know why it got so popular. And then you have like other posts that I'm trying to think. Um, even the one I did for Design Recharge. I really like this design. And it's been four hours and it has gotten almost 400 likes. So I don't know. It's just, and usually um, an average post, let's see, is like 1,000 something. So when I do get, like, this one got 600, and it is super, super detailed. It took me forever to do that. And, well, I guess that is a repost. Like, I've posted it before. But it's just very interesting to see how everything works. So and it, so one thing that was different, you usually try to post during the week, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so during the day, even, when people are at work. <laughs> right. It's kind of funny because when I did have a business Instagram account, I saw when people are most active and it's at lunch and during the work day, which is very interesting. So I was posting at like 10 a.m., 12 p.m., 2-ish, 5-ish when people got off of work because maybe they are good good people and don't look at their phone during work. Uh, but yeah, so I don't know. And, and then you have posts like that video post that got all those views and I'm on a Saturday and I'm like, well, I don't really trust anything that I read on Instagram. So that's, that's around the time when I went to and switched to a personal account too. So the, so there's a couple things to maybe take from it. You just got to mm -hmm. do some different things, even post things that you don't think are amazing that you maybe don't, but it maybe is inspiring. I actually think the stripes are really neat. It's a neat design, but you're right. <laughs> good you it's, just, it's just stripes, right? But but maybe there's <laughs> something, maybe it's approachable or reachable, or, or maybe it's just the time of day or that day more, you know, you never know, but it's like, you just got to keep trying different things. I don't think that there's a hack that's going to get us in there. So Brian asked, he's like, how old is old? So I, I want to know this too. He had asked this earlier, so I definitely wanted to make sure I got to it. So you told me before uh, uh, kind of what you do, uh, how you start posting something. So how old is old for you? 
Like, like in terms of work? Yeah. So, so if you have a piece, oh, I think you yeah. told me you're like, I want three scrolls down if it's, or something. You, ah, you remember you were yeah, like yeah. in the feed, you wanted it to go a while. And if it's from then, then you'll take it and post it as a, because then, because your work is very time consuming. So it's very hard to keep a, a, you know, active social media. If you're posting, if you're doing a mural and you're working on it for two weeks, the process is going to get kind of boring for your audience, right? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, so old for me would be anything in 2018. So I won't repost anything from this January on. Okay. So I, I try to do it by like calendar year. I don't so know any, why. <laughs> so January of 2018 to December 2018, right? Yeah. Is yeah. open game for you. Right. And then are you looking back to see things that maybe, like you said, didn't get a lot of posts the first time um, or didn't get a lot of likes, but you really liked or because here's the other thing. Well, answer that question first. <laughs> so that I ain't sorry thing that was done with uh, for an art show last year. So I was pulling from February 2018 and I reposted it because Beyonce came out with her Netflix documentary. So if there's stuff that's getting really big right now, I'll repost stuff like that. Um, otherwise, if there's like holidays or stuff, um, I did a Hamilton quote when, cause I was really excited to see the show for the first time. And I think it was just like a couple months later, I reposted it because this is the 4th of July. And so oh, right. I don't know anything game. Like I, and I don't really look at the likes and how well it did and stuff. It's just like, if it's, if I'm feeling it, I post it. It's all emotional. <laughs> and so maybe it also has to do with what people are connecting to. So what's going yeah. on in the world or what's going on, you're going to connect to something like that. So it's not completely, um, but it's not based off on, oh, I got 150,000 likes on this. I'm going to repost this again. It's, it, right. it's not necessarily that you're really, again, this goes to you being nice. Um, that it's not all about the numbers. And I think that sometimes we get too far into what the numbers are like. Yes. Yes. <laughs> right, um, do you feel passionate about that? Like, what do you say if somebody's like, hey, I just want to get my likes up? Uh, well, it's really hard right now. And I've noticed like ever since they changed the algorithm, even people that were getting a lot of engagement, their engagement has gone down too, especially if they're not posting every other day and mm -hmm. not on a like frequent basis. So it's, I mean, if, if you do want to get a lot of likes and stuff, I don't really have the answer, but I know that posting consistently, like I try to post every two days or I, I try it every day. Sometimes it's every other day. Sometimes there'll be two to three day gaps. And then I try to like pick up the slack a little bit, but I treat it, like you said, I kind of treat it as a personal tool to connect to people and rather than I got to boost my likes. Like you can right. look at it analytically or as a person connecting to other people. So I try to do that. And that has been good. Like responding to comments and stuff, like, you know, the more you interact with it as a person, the more people interact with it back. But, um, yeah, I, I try new hashtags too. That is, that's been a new thing. And when that video got 150,000 likes, it's because I use terms like 
hashtags like street art and stuff like that. And what I did to even get the paragraph of hashtags, I went to hashtag mural and saw which posts were doing really good and kind of took the hashtags that they were using for theirs. And that's where I mean, you're it's a little trick too. And right, exactly. But that's where it's becoming, it's something for like a business. So you're using this, even though you're maybe not getting a lot of um, business straight from this, you still think people are seeing this and it's also a way for you to connect with other people. So it's, it's a way for you to build trust. And I, I think that if, if you only are going to see your best friend once a month, that's not a great relationship. But if you're out there three times a week with your best <laughs> friend, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. It, it's a friendship that you're making because you're making work and then they're putting, you're putting it out there. But then you're also all, you're there every day commenting on other people, but they also want to see, I really feel like some people just don't put their stuff out there. So we really do need to share what we're working on. So that's kind of the next question. You have a lot of client work. You do, you did 30 murals last year in 2018, right? Yeah. So sometimes with murals you can do, but sometimes the same thing can kind of get boring. I think maybe if it's like painting black again, painting, painting black again, or, or here's another flower and another portion or something. So yeah. how, when you're doing client work, sometimes you can't share. And so there's what you clearly don't sleep ever. So how do you um, manage so many personal projects or is there personal projects that you just have ongoing? Um, so I, I mean, I love personal projects and that is like my favorite way to diversify the work. And I've been fortunate enough to be averaging one art show per year, whether it's at a campus gallery or a local coffee shop. I'll set aside time. I'm like, you know what? I can monetize my passion, pro passion project by creating art pieces and then hopefully scanning them in and selling them on the internet later too if they don't sell in the show, which I need to work on my online shop. That is like on pause right now. But art shows have been my favorite thing. And um, why? You know, like, because it's like working on personal stuff. Like I don't have a client. I'm my own client and that's mm -hmm. good practice for me too. But I, it's where my passion lies, like trying new styles and stuff. But doing it with no pressure, I mean, I'm sure I want the art show to be successful, but I'm like having a ton of fun too. Um, and I tried to, I, like I did Inktober last um, fall and I lettered on leaves, which is something I've always wanted to do. I don't know why I haven't. So I'm like, you know what? I'm making time for this. And it was something quick and easy. Then I tried to do the alphabet, the 36 days of type. Yeah, and I just, I just didn't have time, so I'm like, you know what? I had an art show a couple months ago, so we'll just let like we'll put the personal projects on pause. So it just depends on what projects I'm taking on in the future, and you know, finding time. Winter and cold months—that's the best. Like now that it's getting warmer out, I probably will put personal projects on hold to go explore warm Cleveland because that <laughs> doesn't happen that often. Uh, so yeah, it's just finding the balance and being realistic about it. Like that is something I've been learning a lot. Like, and maybe, realistic. Maybe not being so hard on yourself. Maybe this goes back to you being just an okay athlete, you know, like um, <laughs> yeah. it, maybe this is a great thing that you're, you were okay 
like, Hey, maybe I'm not that great at, or maybe I'm the 36, um, days of type or whatever it is. Uh, maybe this is not something that I'm terrific at. Um, you know, so then you let yourself go. You don't kill yourself just to do it because you made a commitment. Right. I think you have enough consistency on a regular basis so that if something falls off, it's not just the end of the world. Right. Right. And I'm, I welcome failure. Like I did two letters and, and I wasn't having fun either. So I'm like, this isn't worth it. Now I'll find another thing down the line. Also, I'm like reading the comments too. I think I missed a couple questions. I know. So uh, yeah, so that's where I'm going back. So one Naomi okay, said, um, do you have a bundle quick text hashtags? So you don't, or do you bundle quick text hashtags? <laughs> oh, it's really a tongue twister. That's a mouthful. <laughs> so you don't have to type them in every time. Are you individually typing every hashtag for every post? Oh my God, no. <laughs> um, I pull up notes. And I have three bundles, one for lettering, one for murals, and one for more illustration stuff. Like if I, I want to like tap into the illustration world, I have a paragraph for that. So I'll just copy which one I need and paste it. And then, I mean, I haven't updated. I updated the mural one, but I need to go back and like keep updating those because some curated, like some curated accounts ha have fallen off as far as like engagement. So it's not even worth going after trying to get them to look at your account. So I'll try to update that and see what the successful people on Instagram are using for their paragraphs and copy. And I will individually type that out, but you only have to do it once and then copy and paste it when you go to post. So I think that's really another good hack, right? What, how often, if you had enough time in the day to do everything, how often would you be doing that? Like once a quarter? Or once yeah, every like six every, months? Probably two months, maybe. Yeah. Uh, yeah, six months. That's more than enough. Two to six months. Okay, so somewhere in there, depending on, <laughs> but you're looking at trends, right? You're not just thinking that you have to come up with all these things on your own. I love it. It's, it's funny, too, because I, I feel like I'm really intense about Instagram, but I just started posting again on Dribble, and I know we talked about like getting back on Behance, too, and I hope that I can take like this passion for Instagram and all their hacks and like translate it to sites that actually attract clients. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, okay. So Carly had a question. She's also a Cleveland girl. So did you say hey, Carly. Carly made this, this cute little beaver? Oh my gosh. You know I love Carly. That. Yeah. Yes, yes. Okay. So did you say that you switched from a business Instagram account to a personal one? And if so, why? Yes. Um, I had a business one and I know that they like prompt you to make a Facebook page and they reward you if you spend money on ads on both the Facebook and Instagram accounts. And so I didn't want any part to do with that. I don't want to spend money on ads and I don't want to be penalized because I'm not giving money to Facebook mm -hmm. and Instagram. So that's why I switched to personal. And I know it came, it, like I don't see all the analytics behind Instagram on there social or on their app but I have other apps that help me with analytics um the one that I'm using now and I'm using the free version is reports with a little plus sign and I mean it'll show me who I follow and I don't follow back who I follow and they don't follow me back and how many people like um to the down to the like exact number are following me and then but it won't show me 
what's my most popular post I have to pay for all that and stuff but I I don't need it like I just want little chunks you know at a time I don't need the full analytic picture right and sometimes it's just about being aware of what you're doing and it's about tracking things and you can track some of these things on your own you don't necessarily have to have that business um, account to do that mm -hmm. so it's just uh, Rox is saying that's just it that's interesting and your mom just to clear it up that you lettered in soccer uh, and <laughs> oh God, <sports>. mom. <laughs> hey look I uh, I think that's great so Debbie's saying um, this is interesting I didn't realize the business account no don't worry about it I think it's great like that's just love she loves you and it totally is you like you totally downplay you're super humble so you you were pretty darn good, she said, in these three sports. And my graduating class was 120. Let's keep that in mind. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So so Veronica is also saying this is a such this is eye opening. So back to Debbie, she said, I didn't realize the Yay. business account had such an impact on the algorithm. And I do believe that people you're in people's feed more um in if you have the personal account but it takes it away and um naomi says the free version of planoly p-a-n-o-l-y will show you your most popular post in the past 30 days thank you but awesome. i also think it, it's just about keeping up with it instead of it just doing it you really kind of look at the uh the analytics of some of this stuff or and if you aren't paying for it or like with not being everybody's feed by having a business account, then you're looking at it on your own and you're looking back at that video and being like, but I think that's you being present, you being present with how many people are responding, the comments. And I think that you spend time on this platform with other people on their posts as much as you spend time. It's not just you respond to your posts. And I think that that's a, a really important part. Yeah. And Another thing that popped in my mind, um, I think there is like a popularity get rich quick kind of thing on Instagram and that's posting very consistently, which sometimes will put you in a corner. Like it's a good and bad thing. Like if you do one thing very, very well and post like that constantly so people know what to expect, it's like um, uh, kind of like James, James Lewis. I love him. He's super nice. And he'll post those videos of him painting logos like he just did the Avengers. That blew up because the Avengers just came out. Timely. Super smart. Like, it's very, but I want to see, like, what other work he works on. And I'm sure I could go to sites like Behance and stuff for that. But I think, like, you know, he does this one thing very, very well. I'm sure he does a million other things very well, too. But we've come to, like, you know, expect the next video from him what's it gonna be and stuff and it's very interesting to see him paint slowly but it's always gonna be a video of him painting like that and I think people can use that to their advantage if they want like if they do care about the likes and stuff and want the engagement like just post consistently and be really really good at that one thing I try not to do that like if I just posted on I kind of did was posting a lot of murals and that's why I'm getting a lot of mural projects but I put myself into that corner. So I'm trying to work on diversifying that with other lettering stuff on my iPad and prints and stuff. So just working to diversify. So Instagram might not be the best place for that, but it's the work that I like. And it's also, you're trying other things, right? So it's, yeah. it's you're, you have a plan, but it's not just jumping on with no plan 
you're, and you also enjoy the platform, I think. So you'll see if you're enjoying, you're going back to dribble for a while and see. So we have a couple of questions. One was from Lorenzo. He's also in, he's in Birmingham, Alabama. And he said, can you describe, this is when he emailed, um, can you describe what kind or whenever your post did not do well? Was there a time when your audience was not growing or maybe even shrinking? I actually think this is kind of interesting to um, I do remember, like, uh, I think this was back in 2016 or so. I did try to um, make my feed look curated, and I started doing all red backgrounds to orange to yellow to greens and stuff. Uh, and I think this was back before I had 10,000 followers even. But by doing that, I, I put myself in a box. I'm just trying to do colored backgrounds. It wasn't something I was comfortable with, but I wanted to try something new. It just sunk. Like I was losing followers and I, and it just wasn't working out. Like the amount of likes weren't great either. And I hung in for a little bit. I'm like, you know what? Maybe I'll figure it out. Like, I'm just gonna, you know, plow through this. And that's when I learned maybe not to do that. Like not to stick with it. If it's really failing, that was an eye opener. And it kind of made me nervous to like, introduce color in my work but I like took a step back and like to try to really look at it I'm like you know what I didn't have my heart in it I was just trying something and that's fine you know try well, I, think, but- I think that that's one of the things that you do that's another thing that we could kind of pull out it's just like the 36 days of type maybe your heart wasn't in it or you were and, and not that it's not a bad project I actually think sometimes doing projects like that that other people are doing like Inktober or like a homework or, or whatever I think sometimes yeah. those things are really good because they create a community and then you can really stand out because your work is different or unique but but there are is a time that you just say, hey, this isn't for me. I I need more substance in what I'm posting than just a blue background today, a purple background tomorrow, right? right. And I think that yeah. you are more substantial than just that. So Matt has a question that I want to get answered. Matt's an illustrator in question. Uh, yeah in um in 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 Loveland, Colorado. He said, what work would you like to get that you haven't gotten yet? And how would you approach going after that kind of work? I really wanted to do a book cover. So I was posting just random quotes that I've done on book covers because it kind of looked like a book cover, even though it wasn't. And if you scroll down a little bit, you can kind of see some of them. I put it in a carousel and then I, I pulled out some and just posted them randomly throughout the year. I almost got two book cover projects. Both of them fell through. And I was like, mm, okay, we'll just, I'm going to keep at it. I'm going to keep posting book projects here and there, or book covers here and there when I have time. But um, now I'm actually work, working on a book. So I'll be doing a cover and the whole book. But I, yeah, I just, sometimes you don't get them and that's fine if I just keep going at it. Actually, I was at Crop and um, Lauren Hum was one of the keynotes and she had a, um, passion project that flopped she had um lettered on jars of junk change just like where like this is for travel this is for wine and cheese and stuff and she left it there on her website years later I think it was just like three years or five years later uh, a bank an art director who worked at a bank picked it up and it used it in an ad and it was worth like five digits 
from something that she already did like years and years ago. So it does pay to have it somewhere on the internet just in case someone does come across it and want to use it. So I will be adding that to my website whenever I get it up and running just in case. And I also think that those things go with like um, SEO or even just on social media using hashtags or changing hashtags up for some posts. But that feels start starts to feel like a full time job, and I don't know how, when you get to do your creative work. So some people who are not that analytical and this doesn't feel like a game because I feel like it kind of feels like a game to you, and you can enjoy this part of it. But yeah, yeah. That th- they need to maybe schedule some time to do that. So Andre, he's in Portugal, one of my favorites. Um, he comes a lot, so I want to. He, he has a question. Do you think it's a good idea to celebrate an X number of followers? So he reached a thousand followers recently and he hasn't posted about it. Do you think that that's something or do you do something when you do that? I used to, I, I posted a thing for 1,500, sorry, 5,000, 1,000, 5,000 and maybe 10,000 and I stopped doing it. I just, I I was like excited, but I'm like, you know, it's just a number after all. <laughs> you, you hit a certain number, you're like, yeah, this is cool. And I know other artists that do do that, and that's great. And I, I always get excited when people do post it. I will cheer for them. Like, that's amazing. I, you know, I hope to be there someday, or I remember when I hit that number. Like, it does, it gives you a sense of community. So, if you... You're into that, definitely do it. So I think that it's it's how you and the people that you or that you follow, how do how do you feel when somebody else posts that? And so I would ask you that question. Um, Andre, I would say, Well, yeah. how does it make you feel? Because if if you really got something out of it because you felt like part of the people that were getting them to that number and that you you felt like part of the community. And I know he's very community oriented. So then maybe that is something because you want to thank all the people that helped you get to that point, right? That you understand um, where you come from. But if it's just like a bragging rights, maybe that's not the right way to, you know, uh, I don't, I think it's the way you word it. It's the way you phrase it, you know? And exactly. Like if you put in your caption, thank you so much to everyone who helped get me to this point. That's perfect. And I know um, Scotty from Perspective Collective just posted his stats on his podcast. Yes. And so he's like sharing all this information, being candid, like look at what we did. Yes. So it it definitely helps build a community. And it does feel like a we, but I think it's in your voice and how it has to be from the get-go that it is the community is coming together. And I think that those things are, are really important. And if I've missed somebody else's question, please repost it here so that I can um, make sure that I, I, I get it done. So we just have a few minutes left and uh, we have a lot of other questions. Um, okay. So no, no. Um, you look at the chat for me and I'm going to look at my questions. So let's talk about the new irons in the fire. So you wanted to do a book cover and then somebody comes to you and says, how about writing a book? So can you kind of talk us through that and tell us when that book is going to come out? And what it's about? Uh, well, my first draft is due at the end of July, but I think the book is due to come out like January 2020. Apparently a lot goes into it. And I don't exactly know how they found me. I'm assuming maybe Instagram, but it's um, 
Page Street Publishing Company, and they have a lot of books like this. Um, so it'll be like a how-to book, kind of like this. Mm-hmm. Maybe a different style. Um, I'm super excited, but I think um, having a background of teaching workshops will help because I'll kind of be like, oh, step one, blah, 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 step two, how to put the whole thing together. So it's all technical and not like my life started when and stuff like that. So, and they're going to help me with the writing part of it because I definitely need help in that department. So, so probably doing workshops and a lot of times when you do workshops, you don't get paid, right? Sometimes you get a free spot at the conference or you get your hotel paid for or your flight or something like that, but you're not getting a portion of the, the conference, I was about to say hotel fees. You're definitely not getting part of the hotel fees, but you're not right. getting part of, so you're doing these things that you're also honing the skill. So it could be that you create these things and then people see that you're um, an expert and then, and you're at these conferences doing these things. So then they want you to be a part of this. Plus you also clearly had a love for books and type and hand lettering. And so that that would be something else so when they and i don't remember so our safe word is rooster so if you don't want to tell me or you can't tell me i can't remember exactly so in so when a, a the publisher comes to you did they say lisa we want you to do blank or did you say hey or they said hey we want to work with you do you have an idea for a book well um yeah rooster? i checked out their <laughs> i <laughs> I checked out their website and they had a lot of like how-to tutorial kind of type books in various um, themes. But they came to me and said, you know, you're the artist. We want you to do what you feel most comfortable and excited for because writing a book is a lot of time and energy. So you got to make sure that you're keeping up with it and not getting sick of it like halfway through. So I chose vintage styled lettering because looking at all the juicy details and vintage lettering in very detailed um, typefaces gets me really excited and I never get sick of it. It's been five years and I'm not sick of it yet. So I'm really looking forward to it. And I told them about it. They saw my website and Instagram page said, yep, you know what you're doing ish. So let's do that. <laughs> You do though. So, but there's also, you've chosen to do something that you're really passionate about that you're already maybe posting that you're already doing elements from other uh, retro or vintage styles, right? Yes. I, I go, um, you know what? I bought Jason. Karn. Yeah. Karn. Sorry. Um, I bought his lettering library. I'm drawing a lot of inspiration from that. I love those PDFs so much. And I have picture boards of very vintage advertisements and posters and stuff. So I'm trying not to look at anything that people are posting today and rather drawing all my inspiration from the late 1800s and early 1900s. It helps with copyright infringement and like for making my work stand out a little bit. I, I love that and that you're also you're also a great researcher. So you're also thinking about the audience of who is um, going to be seeing this and trying to find something that it hasn't been overdone so that you can add something new, which I think is, again, one of your superpowers. And it's insane how technical lettering was back then. They have this grid and they were showing the width of a letter like 
is five blocks high and three blocks wide. And then like W could be like five blocks, but usually letters are three blocks wide, five blocks high. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like I just draw two lines and make the letter fit within those two. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe that's good. I think some people, yeah. maybe the, maybe that's what they need, right? It doesn't have to be blocks and whatever. Like sometimes it's just about, um, and maybe you have to analyze it. I think that's where you have had enough working with other people teaching them that you can kind of like, okay, well, I remember that lady had a problem with that and that guy had a problem with that. So I'm going to try to address these things. If these are where you struggle then, you know, I just do two lines, but if you're lost, then maybe try the blocks or maybe, you know, there's other, you're, you're a, a excellent problem solver. So <laughs> definitely, I think, I'm sorry, I get, I shouldn't read the chat. Carlos is like popping in about the theme song. So anyway, sorry. <laughs> um, so they're saying, uh, Andre said, have you guys ever um, heard of Readsy? Have you ever heard of that? R e e d s y dot com. No, but I will definitely be checking it out. I will too. He says it's de uh, graphic design covers and book layout. I guess. Oh, it's freelance services just for books. Oh my god, amazing! Yeah, yes, I will definitely be using that. And thank you so much. <laughs> oh, and Carly says it's great for self publishers. So that's cool. All right, good resources for sure. All right, so. We have hit our hour mark, so yeah. I know. Um, oh, that was all so quick. <laughs> I know we did it. I like have so many holes in my thing. So tell me what um, is this the path you thought it would be? You've gone full time from full time to freelance full time to freelance part time working for somebody else because they just loved your work and then doing murals. So where? is this the path? Are you, are you happy? Do you have any regrets? Um, what's the next step? Um, plans? No. Regrets? No. Next steps? Yes. Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> I will be trying to, like we said, look at other revenue streams because like Cleveland's great. Um, I love it because not a whole lot of people are doing typeface murals. And I think like, you know, it'll start to trickle in as it gets more and more popular. But Cleveland will probably run out of walls or willing clients at some point. And I need to start branching out. But also, like, I want to find stuff that I could do out of home too, rather than travel to all these construction sites and probably breathe in all that dust and use porter potties instead of functioning restaurants. Like there are so many things that go into muraling that you don't consider. Right. Um, heights, I'm terrified of heights. So getting projects where I'm not up on three feet of, or three tiers of scaffolding, that'll be great. <laughs> <laughs> Why did you, uh, do you rope in or tie in when you're that I should. They gave me a harness. It's like an extra, extra large. So I didn't use it. But <laughs> and I'm like, is this for me and someone else? <laughs> yeah. I, but um, you just like, like uh, I love this one quote that I actually lettered on a wall. It's, it's, uh, it never gets easier. You just get better. And mm -hmm. that's exactly how I feel working on the getting better, but it never, ever gets easier. Like it's the same job. Like, Heights yeah. never get less scary for me. I just find ways to cope with it. 
So you have one quote that really is speaking to me right now. And it was just, it's the, um, it's a mural. It's great. It's on a, it, it, you had to get on some scaffolding, I know. So it, it's <laughs> just dream big. Do you think that dreaming big is something that you ever struggle with? Or do you think you've always been a realistic dreamer? Or do you think you've always been a big dreamer? Like you, I think, you think, hey, I can do this. This is big. I can do this. Yeah, it's it's a struggle, yes and no. Like I remember in high school and college, I wanted a big girl job. That's like that's where my mind was. Like I want the corner office with the BlackBerry because Blackberries were really popular at the time. <laughs> and I'm like, I want like a black briefcase to carry a laptop that the company gives me. Like the, it was so weird. Like I just wanted to be like a businesswoman with a black blazer. And, you know, the nine to five, that was my dream. And then here we are. Because that was success <laughs> to you. Yeah. Yeah. So mm. like going through life and changing what success is like, and, and it's weird too, because now I don't know what to dream for really. Like I, when people ask me, what's my dream client? I don't have one because I get excited for all the projects that I currently have like I, I should be thinking like wh what big one should I go after but I'm too busy like having fun with the one I have and they they're the ones that attract more clients like them like I know I did um, a mural in a building that that was under construction and the people they had coming designing their furniture they hired me to do their office too so it was just like having fun with the projects that you have right now like will mm -hmm. attract other projects like like-minded clients <laughs> that's cool I think I think that it's also your enthusiasm that is catching and yeah. people want to be a part of what you're doing so I think shifting from murals because they I think that that can be hard on your body I mean I definitely don't want to go to a porta potty I mean I avoid those and I have a very small bladder but <laughs> but what you know so so it's like you but you do like analyze say am I enjoying every moment of this and then you're saying you know what I'm gonna shift I'm gonna do something else and that's you made a conscious choice like hey I did 30 murals I know I can do it so now I'm shifting to doing something else on purpose right right my dream isn't to do 60 murals in a year and try to like always up that number <laughs> that's insane so it's like well 30 is pretty insane <laughs> I I don't a year is three hundred and sixty some days so thirty murals can get done <laughs> yeah for sure but but it um but you analyze that and you thought okay hey this isn't I don't want to do sixty I don't want to do <laughs> another thirty maybe murals you will be maybe more specific you'll still do murals but right. maybe you're gonna shift and do some other things too mm -hmm. I just think it um it's about assessing your situation on a regular basis yes yes do you do like, that at your birthday or do you do that at january or yes i remember like when i was uh, when i first went into the workforce or whatever i always looked at my birthday as being the start of a new year like me too isn't it great because <laughs> i i had no concept of time after being outside of school because like we didn't have a summer break or anything so i'm like what what are the days so i'm just like my birthday that'll be the same year and i'm it glad is. that you think yeah it is it's May funny is great may and and the end of april, in april i think we're probably the same are you a taurus yeah, yeah yep that's us that's us 
Oh. All right. So uh, Debbie says, oh, it's probably too late for another question. It's never too late, Debbie. Uh, but I'm curious to know how Lisa prices out a mural based on client budget or based on how she values her work. So I give three options, um, all based on square footage. And I think recently, like a very common one I stick with is if it's a simple quote in one color, it's eight bucks per square foot. And then a little more color, a little more words, a little more details, $10 a square foot, and then all out edge to edge craziness, $12 a square foot. And then I'll hike that, like that's just like medium. If it's a smaller client, I'll reduce the rate. If it's a bigger client or bigger office, I'll up the rate a little bit. Um, but I try to give them three options. They always go for the middle one. That's cool. So that's if, good to know. If you really want to make something, maybe price that out as the middle price. Okay. So then it's also about that. So uh, bracketing as well yeah. as, as you get uh, better or more people want your time, it's value-based. So your prices are going to go up. Oh my gosh. Yeah. My first mural was a lobby in 2017, maybe like the very start of 2017. I did four walls, like edge to edge detail for like a thousand dollars, which is insane to me, but I was first starting out. Like I didn't get any experience. Them, like, yeah. Yeah. So with experience comes changes in the price. But, but you learned and you changed and you yeah. adjust. And I also think helping, I think you've been very open and honest about how you price or, and I also think that it's about talking, uh, uh, Kim Pinnell and I were talking about this today, that really us sharing um, things that are hard or things that are, are really super private, even if it's just in a small group with a mastermind. I know you're in a mastermind group with some ladies and I have a group with some ladies too. And it's just, it's whatever is a safe place that you mm -hmm. feel like you could share that. Um, and then Doc said, and then you immediately learned and knew that that was not going to be the same for the next mural. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. People do t um, hate talking about money, but it doesn't help us as a unit. It only help. It really helps everybody if we do talk about money. And it's based on experience. It's based on your time, oh, right? Jackson's here to say hi. Hello. What's his name? Jackson. That's my dog's name too. Oh, <laughs> my dog's name. much smaller though, but super. Cute. <laughs> oh. <Well. laughs> He's gotta go to the vet today. Oh. Ooh, hope it's he's just fine. a regular just a checkup. Just a little oh, checkup. oh, good. <laughs> well, he's beautiful. Well, Lisa, I'm going to make sure everybody knows how to follow you, so they can follow you on Instagram at Lisa, just regular how you spell Lisa, an underscore, and then Quine, Q U I N E, and that's in the chat as well, and then it'll be underneath as well, LisaQuine.com, and she's updating her website, people. So don't be hating. <laughs> um, but thank you everybody for coming for coming live and i'm uh, next week we have kyle courtright and he's um logo he does a ton of stuff with that he also does strategy Ooh. so i'm excited to have kyle and then in two weeks uh we're gonna do a podcasters thing so we've got from every single we got somebody from the uk we got carlos from california and we got uh daryl from atlanta and i'm excited to kind of have uh, oh my god that's like a super podcast yeah it'll that's be fun it'll, it'll <laughs> be really fun but lisa thank you so much for your time and i totally forgot to say that this is sponsored by audible 
Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. You can get a free audiobook download and 30-day free me too. A 30-day free trial if you go to audibletrial.com slash design recharge. There's over 180,000 titles to choose from on your iPhone, your Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. So, um, and there will be other stuff that comes at the end that I've just been putting at the end. It's me in a different outfit. Anyway, um, <laughs> thank you. Thank you for sharing, for being open and honest with us. I you have such a great story and you're so hopeful. And I really just think that you epitomize what design recharge is about you. So thank you for sharing and being open and honest. And thank you for having me on the show and translating all my interesting, weird thoughts into stuff that people can understand. So thank you for that. (laughs) Well, I'm happy, super thankful that you are my friend and I always learn stuff. And I just think it's, you gave us a lot of really good tips and I can't wait to get the show notes from this one. So Uh, thank thank you so much. (laughs) Thank you. All right, here, I'm going to hit stop. Hey, I just wanted to tell you about a couple of ways you can support the channel, the show, and the podcast. One, you can get extra content delivered to you to patrons only by going to patreon.com slash Diane Gibbs. And then my favorite way to build websites has changed a little bit recently. Um, I am now using the Elementor plugin with the Divi theme. The Elementor plugin works with almost any theme. It makes almost any theme invincible. This plugin has changed the way that I've been able to design websites. It was allowing me to work at such a faster speed where other plugins fell short. Now I don't need that. I just need Elementor. You go to bit.ly, B-I-T slash dr elementor my favorite theme of course which i've told you about before is the divi theme it gives you complete control i purchased the lifetime plan which was 250 dollars. i believe that's the same price it is now and you can for the lifetime you never have to pay a renewal fee every year which it's about i think 80 dollars. it is a based off of a grid system and now i need one theme and i can do custom sites and it allows me to use strategy and customize for their needs instead of trying to adjust a theme that already exists and the last thing that i love that i use every day is audible audible has changed my business and has changed my life i listen to more books than i physically read nowadays i listen when i work out when i mow when i have a long commute these are all affiliate links that means if you click on the link and purchase an item i will receive an affiliate commission so that's it those are ways to support the show thanks